Hello, sisters. Today we are going to be going over Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. And we are going to be talking about unity and the importance of getting our eyes off of ourselves and back on Jesus Christ. And in this episode, I also have homework for you. So you can head over to the show notes and there will be homework with some verses you can look up, pray about, and then do some journal writing. So I pray you enjoy this episode. Hi, family. Welcome to God's Word Transforming Lives. Are you wanting to learn the Bible verse by verse, one letter at a time, with real life application? Then this podcast is for you. My name is Amy, and I have been teaching the Word of God to women for over 15 years now. I came out of some trauma from my childhood, and it left me feeling so empty. And after searching high and low with everything the world had to offer, I always came up short until I learned the Word of God for myself. And it was in that that I became transformed. So if you would like to be transformed by God's Word, then stick around and let's do this together. Did you know I have a free sisterhood community of women just like you? Women who love Jesus and they love one another. They too are looking for that deeper walk with Christ and they love learning his word. If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you. Verse 2. He says, I implore Yurdia and Sintik to be of the same mind in the Lord. Here's these two women that were mature in Christ. They um, worked with Paul, as he's going to go on and say here. They may have even been one of the some of the original women that were in that prayer group outside the city that started the church with Paul, that um, labored with him, saw him get arrested the first time. He loved them very much. Well, they had there's some disunity here. He had it, word had come back to him that these two are um, not getting along, and that is very concerning to Paul. Because he understands that as soon as disunity comes into a body, that it could literally tear down the very thing that God is is doing within that body. And so he's imploring them. He's begging them, please, we have got to get back onto the same mind. Now, we're like, well, what were they arguing about? Because this is really important. Like what, what was dividing them? We, well, we can confidently say it wasn't doctrine. Because if it had been a doctrinal issue, he would have corrected whoever's doctrine was not right. Paul had no problem correcting doctrine um, throughout the word of God. He had no problem saying, hey, that's not the right doctrine. You need to be on this side of it. Because here at the end of the day, guys, if there is false doctrine being brought into the church, we do not unify with that because that's not unity. That's false unity. You can't have unity in false doctrine. You can't have unity with false teachers. And so this is really important to, to because we're in an age now where we're hearing a lot of, we just need to unify. We all just need to come together. We all just need to stop arguing about the doctrines and theology and just come together and sing Kumbaya. Listen, false doctrine is what divides the church, not true doctrine. True doctrine unites the church. 
as a universal bride. False doctrine divides the church. And that's what's being brought into the church today in the droves. We have more false teachers now than we have true teachers. We have more false prophets and false apostles and false teachers and teachings. And the, the rise of social media has given everyone a platform to teach their false teachers and doctrines. And this is what you know, Paul even warned the Corinth church about, he said in verses, you know, first Corinthians, I think it, I think it's first Corinthians 11, 13 through 15, or maybe it's second Corinthians 11, 13 through 15, where he says agents of Satan, man, they come in and they act righteous. They talk about righteous things. They, they pretend to be righteous people. And wouldn't they, because they're, they're like, they're like Satan. They're, they're agents of Satan. And so we have to be really careful of these false teachers, false apostles. Um, and it is 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15. It says, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves. They're calling themselves. They're just putting themselves up there. Like, look at me. I'm an apostle. Look at me. I'm a prophet. And they're, and they're saying they're of Christ. And he's saying, no wonder for even Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. And so we need to, so Paul, and he's called them enemies of the cross, just the chapter before, right? So the God is their structure, their belly. And so we, we don't want to, we don't want to unify just for the sake of unity, because that is a false unity. It's a false unity if we're just trying to unify with people in the name of Jesus, but they're preaching a different, completely, a completely different Jesus. Okay. That's not what was happening here. So we know it wasn't doctrinal because he would have corrected it. We know it wasn't behavioral because again, he would have corrected it. If, if Eurodia was you know, having sex outside of marriage or Cintiq was off getting drunk at night or whatever, he would have corrected that. He had no problem correcting behavioral issues. In Corinthians, he said, get that sexually immoral man out of the church. Do not even eat with such a person who names himself a brother or sister in Christ and is yet having sex outside of marriage. We're not, we're not even supposed to eat with somebody like that. And Judas says, don't even, you know, we're not even talk or have anything to do with false teachers and false teachings. And so we know that this wasn't a behavioral issue because he'd have called it out. He just said, Hey, you know, repent, Eurodia, you know, or repent Syntec for A, B, and C. And if you don't repent, then you need to, you need, you're going to be excommunicated. So what we do believe that this is, is preference. It's just preference. They're just arguing about something that's, you know, well, they're not doing it this way. Well, I'd rather it be done this way. I'd rather have this kind of music. Well, I'd rather, you know, we, our services were only an hour and a half. Well, I want our services to be two and a half hour. Little things like that, that, you know what, those are personal preferences. And that all that's going to do is bring division. And when division comes into the body of Christ, the, it, it can literally be the destruction of an entire ministry. It is the saddest thing to see God put together a beautiful family to work together to accomplish his uh, desires, to bring him glory, and then to turn around and, and watch it just crumble because a couple people can't get along or can't sit down at the table and just talk about things or try to work things out. And so Paul knew this is serious. These two women, because what happens right away when there starts to become division, 
well, I'm going to go and I'm going to pull five people that will agree with me. And then I'm going to go over here and I'm going to pull five people that agree with me. And now we've got camps, right? Now we've got fractions and divides because we can't ever just disagree with somebody and leave it to ourselves. We've got to bring people with us to validate our ego and our pride. And so he knew exactly what was going to happen to this wonderful church in Philippi. And isn't that Satan's job? How did Jesus say that we were going to be known who were truly his? By our love and our unity. It is our love for one another and the unity that we have is what's actually going to be the light and the salt to the world to be drawn to us like moss to a flame. Because it's so supernatural to have a group of people that just love God and love one another. So what did Jesus say is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Thinking of others greater than yourself. So he says, I need these two to come back into agreement, stop fighting over pettiness, because it is not only going to affect them, it's going to affect an entire body of believers. And we're to think of others greater than ourselves. The most selfish person on the planet in the church is the one who causes division. And that's why in Titus, the Lord tells us, or Paul tell, the Lord tells us through uh, Paul, have not ha, worn a divisive person once. And then after that, have nothing to do with them because they are warped and they are sinning. You know, in Proverbs, it, the, the Lord talks about in Proverbs, the six things, the seven things that the Lord hates. Do you know the thing that he hates the most is those who cause discord among the brethren. It angers God so much. It, it angers him to see when someone comes in and then causes division among the body and then tear apart the body. That's, you're going to have God's, if you're his, you're going to have his discipline. He's going to spank your butt. If you're not his, then you're under his judgment and he'll just leave you under your strong delusion and think that you're saved when you're not actually saved at all. Because one of the signs that you're not truly born again is the fact that you can cause division among the body and think nothing of it and think nothing of it and not repent and not try to restore. So he doesn't believe that that's what's going to happen with these two. He really believes that these two are born again. And so he goes on to say in verse three, and I urge you also true companion, help these women. So we think he's talking to an elder here that he's saying, Hey, or Titus or some other elders. He's saying here, help these women. They labored with me in the gospel with Clement also. And the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. He says, elders, body of Christ, come together and help these two women get back into unity. Help these two women see that they have taken their eyes off of Christ. They have taken their eyes off of Christ. He says, man, they need to get on the same mind with the Lord. The Lord is not about disunity. The triune God is a perfectly unified Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as one God operating in three separate and unique God. One God, but three separate persons, but they are perfectly unified. And Jesus prayed that for us in John 17, that we would be unified like they are unified. And so he's saying, body of Christ, elders, the, the body itself, get these people in the room together and get this rectified now. Everyone needs to get their eyes back on Christ, back on the fact that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Do we understand the beauty of that? That our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, that we will be with him for all of eternity. And all of these little preferences and these little, uh, it's all about me stuff, doesn't matter. It's about the family of God coming together as one body. 
being a family, being a community, being a people that is building God's kingdom together so that the outside world can look in at this one body in this local community and go, wow, they really love each other. They're really unified. They really, they, they are laying their lives down for each other. They're even laying down their personal preferences, you know, their cultural differences, their economical differences, their social differences. They're, they're, they're just coming together in love of Christ and in love of one another. And that's like, what is that? Well, it's supernatural. That's what that is. And I have been a part of something like that at one time where it was so beautiful, where we were just coming together. We were always together. We were family. We loved each other so much. And we were just loving each other there for one another. It was all about the word of God. It was all about Jesus. It was all about just worshiping him. And then also just doing life together. We were just always together. We were outreaching to the lost. We were discipling people. We were feeding people, just doing all the things. And it was absolutely beautiful. I mean, I can't even describe to you how beautiful it was because that's how beautiful it was. But when division comes in and people start backbiting and tearing down and looking for what's wrong, and they're not wanting to come in with a heart of serving and a heart of humility and a heart of giving it, you're at risk. That ministry becomes at risk very quickly. Not only are the false teachers bringing, allowing in false uh, destruction of heresies because those heresies are destruction and that's dangerous. But also when you have bought, when you have believers that start to argue and gossip and fight and, and, um, not sit down and try to reason things out, you know, it becomes a huge issue. Now, again, we do not unify with false teachers or false teachings. That's false unity. Um, and there are things that if people are doing things and they refuse to repent, that's why they're asked to leave because a little leave-in spoils the whole lump. And that's what happens in unity. When disunity starts to come in, it's leaven, it's cancer, and it just spreads to the whole body. And so we who are mature, we have to stop it right at its source and say, nope, we will not. That is, that is, that is division. That is gossip. We are not going to do that. If you have a problem with a brother or sister, you go one-on-one with them and sit down with them and work it out. And then if you don't do that, and then you just up and leave, you're causing division because then the whole body is like, like, oh my gosh, why did someone so leave? What just happened? I don't understand. It's, it's really important. So important that there's 179 verses about the importance of unity in the scriptures. It is so important to God that we are to be unified. In Colossians 3, 14, it says, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Unity, you guys. We need to remember that when we start to get into any type of disunity or we're seeing disunity, if it's not because of behavioral issues, it's not because of false doctrines and false teachings, then it's personal preference and we've taken our eyes off Christ. We've taken our eyes off eternal things and what matters most. And we put it on our own selves and we're not thinking of others greater than ourselves. And we're no longer loving the neighbors ourselves. And we need to repent. And if we aren't a part of the disunity, but we see it going on among our brothers and sisters, we need to try to rectify it immediately so it doesn't permeate the rest of the body like the leaven, like leaven does. I'm gonna stop there and we'll pick up on verse four next. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it 
with a friend of yours, one more small little favor if you would, head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, don't forget guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work. Grace and peace, I leave with you until next time.